podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. We're so excited you decided to join us. Um, before we jump in today, go down, leave a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. We do love those, and they help a ton. They do. That's a free way of kind of helping us out. Another way of helping us out is to help our sponsors. So first of all, Dr. Dish, if you're thinking of, of getting a, a team that wants to shoot the ball better and consistently put that, that round ball into that cylinder, uh, check out Dr. Dish. Mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're looking for a one-stop shop, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking to talk to me on a regular basis, right, James, uh, then you can uh, you can become a teachhoops.com member. And we'll, we'll, I'll put you on the bad phone and we'll take care of your, your specific needs. So come over and check us out at teachhoops.com. Let's head off to the podcast. So we're going to go and um, have a great interview with a couple of college coaches um, from here in Wisconsin. And I uh, hope you enjoy this. Here we go. Sounds great, Coach Collins. First of all, I want to say that it's a real honor to be on show 150. <laughs> uh, quite an accomplishment. And uh, you do an awesome job for us here in Wisconsin covering basketball. I've enjoyed listening to some of your podcasts uh, that Jake let me know about. And yeah, I'm, uh, not sure you'd be on the, you, I'm not sure you'd be on the uh, no shot shot, no shot clock thing. I'm, there's, <laughs> I've literally split the state in half, I think. But, um, it's okay. You know, there's a lot of people really not happy with me, but it's like, whatever, you know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So, I didn't mean to well, like, like a lot of coaches, I started out in, at a young age in high school, and I played basketball for – an amazing coach in Illinois, and his name happened to be Coach Collins oh, also. Really? Okay. Uh, yep. And uh, I don't know if he's any relation to you, but a uh, wonderful coach. And at age 16, he got me started on his Gator Alley basketball camps, and I, I coached a team there for, for him. And, and I kind of started along the way. I coached uh, baseball, football, soccer, track, volleyball, tennis. Gosh, I've coached a lot of sports. Uh, basketball is one of my favorites to coach, though, because it's, it's really such a complicated game. It appears to everyone that it's so easy and simple, but it's extremely a complicated and detailed game. It, and, is. Uh, it is. You know, I'm going to cut you off for a second. Two things. First of all, for all the young coaches, I think it's really important to coach a lot of different sports. I coach girls volleyball. I coach, I coach track. I coach baseball. I mean, I think you should coach – a lot of different things because there's a little bit of different read and from my coaching of my little league people that are watching from there's my son when my my days in little league baseball is like a cerebral game you have so much time to think but yes. when you're coaching a basketball game it is like you have no time it is totally different um but i think those other sports get you ready for being able to coach basketball i do they, they do. Basketball is a combination of a lot of other sports. And I, I think when Naismith first invented it, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he, he intended for it to be a, a sort of foot, indoor football. Yeah. Yeah. It was very meant to be very kind of slow kind of. Um, and the end zone was the peach basket. Right. Yeah. But uh, 
it, it's it's an, yeah for the younger coaches it it's really imperative that you experience coaching the other sports too because there's little parts of each sport that come into it. I can't tell you the number of times that I'll do something in practice that's really related to football more than basketball, but or or something that's related to to soccer or even. You know, like fielding a ground ball in baseball is how you feel a, a bad pass skipping right. off the floor in basketball, and it's it's all related to to the to the sport of basketball. So, when did the whole basketball journey start? That started in high school, then. Yep, I played uh, I played four years of high school uh, basketball. I started off I would, I went to Ripon High School for the first two years. Then we transferred to the suburbs of Chicago, and I went to Crystal Lake South high school for my junior and senior year, played basketball for Coach Collins. Uh, I was more of a football player than a basketball player. I got awards for playing quarterback on the football team, but I really liked basketball and I wanted to continue to play basketball. I wasn't really good enough to play at the bigger schools. I got recruited by some big schools for football, but uh, I really wanted to play basketball. Basketball was my, my passion. And I, I think a lot of coaches out there share the same thing. Right, and you picked the school where you could about, play. You picked the school where you could play, too, yeah. 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 So I, I, went, I played junior college. I, I played at McHenry County College for two years uh, in, in Illinois, the Fighting Scots. It was a great program, and it was a wonderful place to start school. And I got to tell you, the junior college teachers do an amazing job. Uh, I would recommend it to anyone. Right. As a special bonus, I met my wife there. She was on the women's team, and I was on the men's team. So <laughs> – well, that worked. Out. That worked out pretty good. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't complain. This this year will be thirty years of being married. So. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I've twenty. Absolutely. My I have twenty coming up in uh, in July. So. Congrats! Oh, snaps, yeah, snaps. People yeah. are watching. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a marathon, uh, not a sprint. Yep. But I I, I first started out uh, with my first high school job in, back in nineteen eighty eight in Hartford, Kansas. I. I'm a Pittsburgh State graduate, which is formerly Kansas State Teachers College. Right. And I went to, to Hartford and I coached football and volleyball and basketball. But I started off with girls basketball, which was kind of fun because I'd have the boys in football and then the girls in basketball. Right. And as a lot of coaches know, there is a difference between coaching the boys and girls, but there's a lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. A lot of yeah, similarities. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I enjoyed coaching the girls basketball there. Uh, but my wife really wanted to get back up here to Wisconsin to raise our kids. Right. And uh, so eventually we got pregnant with our first child. We moved back to Wisconsin and I started coaching the women's team at uh, Plymouth High School and coached there for four years. Uh, finished in 1996. With a, we had a state tournament appearance with the girls that year. But then I took off five years because the kids were little. And that's yeah. something I recommend to the coaches too. Take the time off when your kids are preschool age and they're little, take your time off and spend the time with them because you won't get those years back. And you can always go back into coaching. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. Five years later, I, I, I went to North Fond du Lac and coached the boys program there and uh, coached there, I don't know, about 2007, 2008. And then, uh, I decided to get back home because North Fondy was a little further away. It's, it's where my parents live. Right. But so I was able to see them, but I was missing my own kids who then were getting to high school age. So I moved back closer to Plymouth where I live in Plymouth. And I started coaching at Random Lake and coached there for four years. And then 
Uh, obviously, like a lot of coaches, I, I think it's important for us to promote our players to play beyond high school. And I was able to help some of them find their way to Washington County so they get a chance to play junior college basketball like I played. It was, it's a great experience. I uh, started helping out, was working with Russell Fowl, who's now the women's coach at Kewaskum. He was the head coach here. I, I worked for him for a year. And then uh, afterwards, I, I came back and coached the team uh, for, I guess, this is my fourth year here. And fortunately, we've had uh, several good guys like Coach Stager uh, that have joined the, the, the group. And it's been, a, it's been an incredible journey. Uh, and and one that a lot of coaches are taking. And I'm 55 now, and I still have just as much passion as I did when I was younger. But I will say this. I, as, as I stand here today, I really would like to send out an apology to all of the kids that I coached when I was younger. <laughs> I really didn't know the game no. like I know now. No. You, 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 you think you do. You start out, you think you know it all, but you, you, you wind up. 30 years later going, wow, that's, there's a lot more to this game and it's constantly evolving. When, right. Back when I played was before the three point shot and it was a pound the ball inside. Right. And, and got defense with their hands. Yeah. The game, the game, the game totally changed. Been uh, coming along and revising the defense and you got the three point shot that changed the strategy from constantly pounding inside Eventually, you had the shot clock in the college game, and the game has constantly evolved. And it's just been a, a real thrilling ride to be a part of that. And now, what, what's your day job? You're a math teacher, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm a math, high school math teacher. Yep. Uh, been, uh, teaching yeah, just like me. Excellent. 30 Excellent. years. 30 years. 30 years. There's, there's a relationship between math and coaching a little bit, too. I, I definitely think there is. Yeah. There's a lot of mathematical – I think in, in basketball, there's a lot of physics. You know, yeah. when, you, when you start talking about teaching your kids how to box out on a free throw and they're always getting pushed underneath the basket and they just have to learn the physics that they have to meet that force with an equal right. or powerful yeah. force right. to prevent yeah. that from happening. Right. There's lots of mathematics and science oh, yeah. involved. I, I, I quote Newton a lot. I say every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Yes. So do yes. you really want to do that? Because there's going to be, <laughs> I said, you can do it, but here's what's going to happen. You know, I always, right. you know, I think it's a second law. I think it's a second law. I never get it right. But um, all right. So let's talk some, let's talk some specific hoops. Uh, um, Let's talk about your practices. How, how does practice work at a JUCO? So these are just me, my personal questions. These aren't even on a list. It's like, so how does it work around your students and practicing at a junior college versus a high school? Um, yeah, that's a, a great junior. question, Steve. It's, it's very interesting because in high school or middle school, the students all get done with school, their school day at right. a certain time. Then your practice will all start at the same time. Right. Uh, at a college, however, the students have classes at different times. Right. So it, it's, it's hard to structure that. So what we do is we block off a period of time from four to six. And we ask our players when they're scheduling to try to avoid, if possible, the four to six time frame. Now, okay. if it can't be avoided, they should go to class. Go right. to class before practice because we're academic first. And, right. and it's what's, the, what's most important. Right. But if they can avoid it, we try to have them avoid it. And we're very fortunate that the women's team practices in the morning. 
uh, because okay. the, uh, their their coach begins he begins work at nine in the morning, so they they're off the floor by nine in the morning, which gives us the entire court for the afternoon okay. for for a practice. And and, what, I, and and how does the how does this? I mean, gosh, I remember I remember. I mean, it's a long time ago. Like dinosaurs were around when I went to college, but didn't don't school, classes don't start at like four and five they start like no. zero 15 don't so you yeah. know, you have overlaps is that an issue with trying to to get to get everything kind of lined up it, it it is it is a little bit of an issue however we're we're fortunate that a lot of classes are done by four o'clock or three forty-five. Okay. okay but during the course of the day yeah there's odd times the class could end at 10 20 or right one uh 15 or something yeah it's not a general and each class can be different. And then you've got lab classes on top of that. So it is, it is a little bit of a challenge, but all, all the junior colleges have the same situation. Right. We feel very fortunate that our kids are able to schedule for the most part around the. the I'm practice. convinced I never took many lab classes because I didn't want to miss practice. I'm convinced yeah. in college. <laughs> Those are the ones that interfere most with our practice. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh man, I can't do that. That's going to, I'm going to miss practice. And, um, <laughs> Uh, so do you, do you practice on weekends? You practice seven days a week. Are there rules as far as how much you can there, practice? There are not. When, uh, obviously, as a varsity coach, as you know, uh, we had the rule where you couldn't practice seven days in a row. And we do not have that rule here. However, we still adhere to it here. Right. Early in the season, we will practice on Saturdays. But in this regular season, Coach, our, our games frequently happen on Saturdays, okay. too. Okay. So we give the Sundays, Sundays the kids have off. Right. Um, and, and that's fine. We want to watch the Packers and, you yeah. know, that too. Well, they need uh, so, their body. There needs to, I mean, you got to let rest their bodies and stuff. Right. 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 They, have to, they have to rest up. The only times we'll practice on a Sunday night is if we have a big game coming up on the Monday that follows. Okay. Because we, we don't like to go in, even if we don't work real hard on the basketball court, if it's more of a mental practice, we want to have some kind of practice that, focuses on the game the night before right so and I, i'm telling you i i wish we have a we have a big eight rule where we can't practice on sundays what i would do is i'd give my kids off on saturdays right and then i would come in late sunday like six o'clock on sunday night and practice blah 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 you know that that's what i would do we used to do that when i was in northern wisconsin that would work that worked great because it gave them you know almost 36 hours off if you played on friday night and you gave them saturday off it was right. like, holy crud, they almost had 36 hours off, but you can't do that. We can't, we can't do that. So um, that's why I asked the question. It was like, oh, I know. When, when I, when I taught, when I coach at the public schools, we couldn't have practice on Sundays either. Right. But it works out especially good for these college guys because that's usually when they have off. If they have part-time jobs, they're usually working on Saturdays. Right. Sunday nights, that's the time they usually have off. Right. So and, and then yeah. free. Um, so if you could do three things at practice, only three things at practice, what would they be, Coach? Hey, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, make sure you subscribe, no matter where you listen to podcasts. Um, Spotify, Apple. We love those Apple podcasts, and we're doing really well on those Apple podcasts. Um, also, go over and check out teachubes.com for coaches who want to get better. We always ask our players to get better and work on their game. I, um, I'm, I'm challenging you to do the same thing right now and come and work on your game. Um, and then if you're looking for some more listening stuff, um, don't want to pay for Audible and want to listen, um, we also have High School Hoops that Jake and I put on once a week. And then we have Teacher Side Gig.
for all those teachers that have a side gig and uh, trying to make ends meet, come over and listen to other teachers um, that have that have a side gig. I, it intrigues me. I, I, I love doing those podcasts. So, um, all right, let's head back to ours. Bye. So I, I come in and I have a magic wand and I say you can only do three things at practice. Three things? Three things. Well, uh, I'd probably uh, ask Coach Steger, <laughs> what do you think, buddy? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. So, so what, but what you're saying is if we get two hours of practice, we're only doing three things. We get to do three things for a long time. You do. So, so what, one of the things that's really important to us is to play five on five, to do drills five on five, to, to implement the full court in course of what we're doing. Right. It, it's really important to implement the regular game of basketball. A lot of times kids, especially when they're younger, they don't always put the drills together. And I learned this the hard way. I was a coach that did a lot of drills when I was younger. And they don't always put those drills together with on-court activities. And they don't always start the same. And basketball will always start with a transition. So it's kind of important to in practice, work on that transition, and then work on your secondaries or getting into whatever sets right. you're getting into throughout the course of – I think as my coaching career has gotten – longer i think and people are watching it's gone down the drills when i started coaching i think i wanted to show everybody all the drills i knew and they've gotten less and less and less and less and less and they're more all right look how can we simulate this or how can we work on this because i'm not going to help them with their drop step in you know the hour 45 minutes i I mean i can i'm going to correct it if it's wrong and i'm going to work on it but we're not you know yeah i think I think I think that's a that's a big mistake, especially for coaches in the high school level, not maybe the middle. School. I would say that that was my biggest mistake when I coached my first five years of high school is that I did so many practice drills, and uh, one thing of uh, working under Steve is that we've been way more doing five on five, and our guys uh, this year at the junior college level, we had nine games where we won by a basket or you know just by a basket. Right. And I think. A lot of it was just pure preparation and, and the cerebral practice all the time. You know, the 30-second shot clock, the, the constant, you know, the working of the game, you know, and, you know, constantly putting in that situation. And honestly, I think it keeps practice really engaging because kids play basketball because they, they love to play the five-on-five. Five. Right. And I think you um, can be able to find ways to build that up. It's great. Um, so – I say one of the well, other things. The Celtics, the people, I don't know when this is going to go up, but I mean, the Celtics are a prime example of that. I mean, look at all the games they've won because yeah. he's one of the best coaches in the, in on the world, in my opinion, he's oh, definitely a top five. So, I mean, because he prepared, and if you're listening, I'd love to have you on too, but anyway, uh, <laughs> he's on my bucket list to have on. I would love, I mean, I think he's unbelievable. The things he does he's is am- crazy. Brad Stevens is amazing. Yes. He's amazing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He, he really so, is. So, Coach, what's the yeah, other two things that we're doing I'm, at practice? Yeah. I'm glad that – I just wanted to make sure Coach, Coach brought that up about the, the situations. And, yeah, we did have eight or nine games this year that were decided in the last minute, and we were able to win each one of them. And uh, a lot of that is because the guys had practiced that situation so much because we'll put – you know, we'll play like the last four minutes of a game. Right. With the clock, we'll have someone running the clock. We'll do free throws for fouls. We'll – We'll make it all realistic. So yep. when they get in situations, it's not the first time. Right. They've done it. As, you know, as a math teacher, it's important to give the kids exposure to certain kinds of mathematical situations over time, and then that's how they 
really develop so, the comprehension. So I'm going to use an analogy. So I have a sophomore son, and he's going to be taking his ACT next year. I'm going to tell you right now, before he takes that ACT, he'll have taken at least 15 or 20 practice exams because I want him to feel yeah. what it's like for that three hours. It's a similar I, – I play little micro games, little three-minute games all the time um, in my practices because then I can focus them and then – I let him go and maybe we'll stop. Maybe, maybe we'll stop player. Maybe we won't. And then we have a discussion. Okay. What happened here? Hey, you were down two. How, how did you react to this? Why did you do this? Okay. Well, let's do that again. And here's maybe the way you should tackle this. Cause then they've got their attention. It's, that's the kicker is I don't think coaches understand. You got to have their attention. I can teach them nuclear physics, but if they're not listening to me, yeah. they're not going to understand it. You know, exactly. Right, so another, uh, another thing is uh, it's, it's important to start practice by getting the kids physically ready for practice. We do a lot of injury prevention. We begin every practice with a dynamic warm-up, and you can incorporate a lot of basketball things into that dynamic warm-up as well. You can do a lot of your little drills and your fundamental dribbling things or whatever within that, but the dynamic warm-up is a, is a series of exercises that really – gives attention to all the, the parts of the body <clears throat> that they're going to be using. And that was developed by our trainer, Lori Dowse. One of the nice parts about coaching at the college is you get a trainer. Right. And she, she developed that for us, and she developed a summer workout program for us as well. We, we've developed the basketball part of it, but she does the body part. And, and an, another thing that really needs to be stressed and – I, I know it's always hard for us coaches to sacrifice time in practice for watching video, but video watching is extremely important. We can tell the kids what it looks like to us, but until they actually see it themselves or see themselves doing something, they don't always understand what we're talking about. If we're trying to teach a kid a jump walk or, or, or something, they, they have to see themselves on video. One of the neat things that Jake has added to our program is, and now I have a smartphone too, but he had a smartphone and he would videotape them at practice and show them immediately. Right. And I think those kind of things really help the learning process for the, for the players. Uh, as far as game film watching though, you, coaches probably should watch it some other time. I learned as a young coach, you probably learned the same thing. When you sit down with your team and you watch a game film, you probably better watch it twice because the first time they're just watching themselves. They're right. looking for, where, where am I? Even if they're on the bench, they'll be watching, what, what was I doing on the bench? But then the, the second time through, you can actually Maybe talk. that's why you're on the bench. Maybe yeah, that's why like, It's like, look how I got up and. <laughs> look at me clap. Yes, well, watching the other part. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, so that's good. That, those are perfect. Those are three perfect things. All right, um. You've kind of touched on this a little bit, but what would you tell yourself as the younger coach again? What were you saying before that you would say, what would you say to yourself 30 years ago other than maybe chill out a little bit? Uh, <clears throat> I, would, I would say, I, I feel as though I'm very innovative now. I would, I would say to be more innovative then. I believe that when I first started coaching, I basically was a product of my coaches. And I think a lot of us are like that, Steve. Mm -hmm. we, we start out coaching. We, we run the same drills that they ran with us. Uh, and this can be very dangerous because I, I, I mean, a football coach too, 
And I've seen youth football coaches that remember certain nutcracker drills they did in high school. Right. And they're running them with like fifth graders. Right. And, you know, some, some of those drills that we did in high school, probably not the best for fifth graders. Right. But, but, and you can get some of that in basketball where they're, they might not be ready for a certain drill at their certain age level. But, but what I've learned is fundamentals are fundamentals. And, you know, you can go listen to college coaches talk about their coaching. And they do some of the same fundamental drills that we oh, do. Yeah. Here, you know, muscle memory kind of things for the kids. <clears throat> but I, I would say be more innovative. I would also say spend more time, find a way to spend more time with your wife and your kids. <laughs> uh, I guess my biggest regret is that looking back, I, I didn't do that. And I know, uh, I remember one time I went home and my, my daughter said, Daddy, why do you spend so much time with your basketball guys instead of me? And I, I was kind of joking. I said, well, honey, they all have better jump shots than you do. <laughs> and, and, and as soon as I said it, she didn't, she didn't know I was joking. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she, she was right. really curious about why I'm not. Right. And, and, you know, I, I, I did try to be a good dad and spend as much time as I could. I did take the five years off when they were little. Right. And I tried to see them as often as I can. But you, as you and all of our coaching colleagues know, uh, you, you're, the end of your, your day, your, when practice ends, you're not done. Right. You still have scouting to do. You, right. You've got to self-scout and you've got to scout your opponents. It's gotten easier because of huddle and other I'm video. telling you. It, it, I, and I've told Jake's heard this before. I think I think crossover saved my marriage. Yes, <laughs> crossover. Those it's, things. It's, it's, I, I would be videotapes, and I would be like nonstop when the kids were little. Now I, I'll tell you a couple things that I did. Um, like I always I always took off a stretch in winter, and went to Florida with the family. And it didn't matter if we were playing. I did it years. We won the state tournament. That's, year, that's didn't, good. Didn't do it. I mean, and then my son, obviously, who's going to be a junior i he would just come along a lot of the time um you know he probably had more hot dogs than any kid should have in the gym. <laughs> um, but I, and, and also i think it's something for young coaches too i ended up getting a staff of <laughs> of coaches that were younger than me um yeah. and that were able to go do a lot of the scouting and do a lot of the prep and stuff like that and i've had great assistant coaches so i would tell coaches that is another way you can spend more time because right. You can be there in this stretch, you know, two hours is two hours. The kids aren't going to miss you for that. But if you can take care of the other stuff off the table, like the scouting, the video and, and going out on a Tuesday night and that kind of stuff, that's what kills coaches for the long right. term. Yeah. Um, right. Because really the life of a coach is you, you get up early, you stay up late and you try yeah. to get some food in there somewhere. Right. And you're, you're, there's always something to do. And then when you're teaching too, there's always Great. that complicates things and, you know, a lot of us are up past midnight, and that's that's just the life of a coach. And then you get sick, uh, and then it becomes this vicious circle. It does. Um, but you touched on a, well, I'm sorry, you touched on a really good point, and I, I think it's really important for the younger coaches to know this too. Each one of you guys can have major impact on your programs, but you will not maximize your success until you surround yourself with high quality, other, as, as a coach or others in your program. Yep. Uh, the, the, that maximizes your success. You, you, you can't do it by yourself. You can have an impact, but it's when you get quality guys like Coach Steger and, and the other coaches on our staff and all the other coaches that I've worked with through the years that have really meant the world to me and meant the world to the kids. 
And, uh, and a lot of times they don't get credit, but really they deserve the credit because right. it's, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a team thing. Coaching is as much of a team sport as the team play in the game. Well, and it's, and, and, and the thing is, it's funny. If you've ever come, if you ever come watch one of my games, we're, we're literally like, I mean, I've had like, li- I've had like two staffs in 20 years. I mean, there's been a, some tweaking and I've had one guy with me the whole time, but it's like, we're, we're it's like a dance. Like we kind of, yeah, yeah, like, that's what we're like too. Yeah. It, yep. it is yeah. like, you just kind of all know what one person's going to do and who's going to do this, who's going to be good cop and who's going to be bad cop and ooh, Steve's not on yep. today. And, you know, and that's what people don't understand. It's like, it's like, you know, there's definitely a real, I don't want to say it's like a marriage, but there's like, you know, I almost say it's, it's like, like a marriage. It's like our wives our wife said that we're, 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 yeah. we're, we are each other's working wives, but yeah. whatever. Yeah. It, it, but that's, but that's the way it should be. It's like, right. if, that's, if you're going to, for the young coaches, if you're going to be successful, I, I tell people there are very, there are some huge days for your, for a coach. First day is the day you pick your team. <laughs> um, yep. And what where you decide to coach and who you decide to surround yourself with on that bench those three things are going to decide whether you have a really good career or a really bad career and i think another thing too steve is this idea of learning how to facilitate and building trust with other people within your program learning yeah. that you don't know everything just because you're the head coach doesn't mean you know one of the reasons why we had the best product this year at the junior college level was steve had a bunch of good ideas i had a bunch of good ideas other coaches you know one of our oldest coaches who's in his mid 60s Art Gerhardt. Um, okay. he brought in the side he brought in the side out of uh, our side our sideline break sideline break it was and, it, and was, it money. was very successful it was great right. yeah i threw in the press and the offense and then you know coach decided to alter our defense and then you know, it, it, and we were always okay to be vulnerable and learn from each other, you know? Right, right. And if you're going to have that growth mindset, you got to be willing to leave it. I'm telling you right now, if you came and saw me in my 20s, how much I talked in my 20s with three assistant coaches and how much I talk now, I bet I talk a third of the, I mean, I, th- I bet I talk yes. a third of practice. In my in my 20s and 30s, I talked 80% of practice. And the, right. and the other coaches just stood there. I talk very little. I mean, I right. I have someone that's really good at explaining the offense, like John Morgan. Yeah. He he is really good. That's his thing. Boom. If there's questions, the kids don't even come to me anymore. They'll go there because they know that's and now that's fine. They know where the buck stops. Um, but that's much more effective for the players because they like hearing things from a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different people. They don't, they don't want to hear one person talking at them the whole time. They, right. they want that variety. And just like we always talk about a, a good team needs good chemistry, good coaching staff needs good chemistry too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when, when you start out coaching, uh, share, share the fun with, with everyone on your staff. And, and uh, you know, it's important to select the right People, like, I, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, we did a good job of recruiting players this year, but my best recruit was Coach Steger coming in from Mayville uh, <laughs> coaching for us because that, that really improved right. the chemistry of our team. And, you know, we two years ago we made it to the state championship. It was a great year. We were picked for second to last. And we made it all the way to championship, lost by five. And uh, I don't know if we would have done it this year without Jake uh, right. coming in. And, and I'm going to tell you something, too. This, and, and, and this is the this is the unique part, Coach. And don't take this the wrong way because I'm 51. But how you talk to the 18 to 22-year-olds and yeah. how Jake can talk to them is totally different. Yes. Yes. It, it just is. I mean. Yeah, it is. And, 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 and not, you need all sorts of variety in your staff. You need 
sobriety, you, really you need everything because, you know, literally I have an assistant coach. I, 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 Jake knows I use social media a lot. I haven't been on Snapchat once you know, yeah. in three years, yeah. but that's how they communicate. And they, and, and coach Olson, who's probably listening to this, he's doing all that. We're already doing our summer stuff and the whole communication process is through Snapchat. I'm not doing any of it because that's just I'm I'm too old. I'm not learning any more social media. <laughs> I'm I'm over it at, at this point. So, but I'm just saying that's what people I think, especially for the young coaches listening, you got to think about those things too. You might think you're connecting, and you, and I connect. Don't get me wrong, but it's different. It, it's it's just different. different. It is. It's more yep. a fatherly thing. Um, it is. Yeah. All right. So, can you tell me one coaching moment that we could dive into that would help? like coaches listening something that happened to you or you know over your 30 years that could help other coaches yes I have some great advice uh, like most coaches I do not like calling timeouts early in games I want to I want in fact I want to go to heaven with about 8,000 timeouts yeah. <laughs> but my coaches yell at me all the time I'm not calling them You're yeah <laughs> Uh, I have had two games in my life that I recall that I look back and I wished I would have called the timeout earlier. Now I'll call the timeouts. Okay. So I, I think the way that you use your timeouts is really important. When you first start out coaching, you only call timeout when there's when you need to make some changes or, right. or stop momentum. Everybody knows about that, but sometimes you need to stop momentum early and Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, if you'd like to support us, go over and check out teachups.com for coaches who want to get better. Also, subscribe and like. We do appreciate those. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.